Hey everybody, welcome back. You're listening to The Blotchet Show. I want to welcome everybody to this week's episode of Storytime Friday. This is episode 65. Once again guys, welcome, appreciate you being here. This week's story is called Part 2 of Snowpocalypse. Christina was working for an insurance company and was never the type of worker to take a day off. After working for quite a few years for a trucking company in PA, she had decided to relocate across the country to Seattle. She hadn't wanted to relocate initially. She loved it in PA and loved her job but had been through so many unsuccessful relationships in PA that she decided that maybe a fresh start would be a good idea. It was not an easy decision to make. She had quite a few friends in PA and quite a few friends that were truckers who would come through PA and arrange arrange to meet up with her. One such trucker was a guy named Michael. Initially, when she met him, he lived in Philly, but after driving for a few years for the same company Christina worked for, he and his family had relocated out of state. Every so often, he would get a load that was coming to that same part of PA that she lived in, and they would be able to meet up and hang out. Every so often, he would be coming up and having to do a 34-hour restart not far from where she was, and he would reach out and let her know that he was going to be in the area. If it wasn't a good time for her, she would let him know, and he would pretty much just hang out in the truck stop for his 34. If he caught her on a good week, she would message back that she would love to meet up with him, and he would let her know what time of day he would be there. It was always a hit or miss kind of deal. There were quite a few occasions when he would be coming, and uh, he would send her a message, and she w- she wouldn't be available. And then there were there'd be quite a few occasions where he would message her and she would be like, hell yeah, let me know when you're available and what time you want to get together and I'll come pick you up. Michael had just delivered Michael just delivered a load of beer in Jacksonville, Florida. He had been out for quite a few weeks and was ex- extremely stressed out. He hadn't been home for a while and had not seen or had any contact with any of his friends in quite a while. And so his level of stress had gotten to the point where he quite frankly just wanted to pull over, get a hotel, and take a week off. As he handed his bills of lading to the guard at the security shack on his way out of the beer factory, all he could think about was getting to a safe place to park and going to sleep. It had been one hell of a long day and he was looking forward to getting some sleep. Earlier that day, he had been making his way out of another warehouse where he was picking up at. And after he had hooked up to the load, he was walking around his truck and then around his trailer, making sure everything was okay when something, you know, when something odd happened. It was something that took him completely by surprise. He had made his way around a majority of the truck and trailer and was coming, coming up along the passenger side of the truck when there was a loud boom. Some debris flew out from under the truck and made Michael jump out of the way. What the hell? He said as he jumped back. Jump back from the pieces that flew 
out from under the truck. Michael got down on his hands and knees and looked under the back of the truck and noticed that one of the airbags of the truck was literally in pieces. It had quite literally exploded. What the fuck? He said out loud to himself. He stood up, scratched his head as he thought for a few minutes. What the hell am I going to do? He wondered. The load he just hooked up to was a, lot of, was a load of beer, and so it was really heavy. He knew that he probably couldn't successfully run the load with one of the, his airbags messed up like that. However, he had already technically been loaded, so he didn't see how he, he could get out of it. So he went ahead and checked out with security and left the plant. He drove 10 miles to the nearest truck stop, driving well below the speed limit, before pulling over and park, parking. The entire way there, it was, or it felt like his truck was dragging along the ground because of the fact that one of his airbags was completely destroyed. As soon as he parked his truck, he sent a message to his company telling them what happened and asked if there was anything he could do. His fleet manager messaged back that he did not have enough funds set aside in his maintenance account, and so there was nothing the company could do to help him. He had been driving for a company, for a trucking company called Interstate Distributor, and his fleet manager was a lady named Michelle Perry. And for the most part, things had gone pretty well. Michael responded to Michelle's message. Ma'am, I understand that, but I'm currently stuck at a truck stop just north of Jacksonville, Florida. I had an airbag blow up when I was picking up the current load. The shop at the truck stop I'm looking at, or that I'm currently parked at, told me that they could fix it for around $800, including all taxes and fees. However, I don't have the money. What do you want me to do? Michelle replied back to him. Hey, Michael, I definitely hear what you're saying, and I understand this is a very stressful situation. I really wish there was anything that we could do, but as I said in my previous message, without anything in your maintenance account, my hands are tied. There's nothing I can do for you at the moment. I'm so sorry. I wish I had better news. Michael took a deep breath and rubbed his temples. He thought for a few minutes. Ma'am, I understand what you're saying. However, I need you to understand that I currently... I am stuck where I'm at. I have a load currently attached to me, but due to the mechanical issues with the truck, I cannot move. What would you recommend I do? Right now, I have no options but to remain where I'm at. However, if I do that, I will not get this load delivered, and that will also affect the company, will it not? Several minutes later, he got a reply. Hey, Michael, it's Michelle. I definitely hear what you're saying, and I can sympathize with you. I wish I could do more, but unfortunately, my hands are pretty much tied. There's literally nothing I can do. Have you tried reaching out to the company that you leased the truck through? No, ma'am, Michael replied. You were the first person I reached out to. Do you think that they would be able to do anything? A few minutes later, Michael's email quite chimed that he had a new message. Well, it's worth a shot. You should reach out to them and see what they can do, Michelle said. Michael sighed. Okay, thank you, Michelle. I'm not happy about it, but I'll reach out to them and see what they say. Michael had leased his truck through a company in Indianapolis. He drafted up an email to the guy he had dealt with when he filled out his paperwork when he got his truck. Hey, Robert, I have a problem, Michael said and sent off the email. He waited a few minutes and hadn't received any reply, so he thought he would go take care of a few things in order to pass some time. He headed into the truck stop, figured he would grab something to eat. His meal of choice was a meal called the Long Haul Breakfast. It consisted of eggs, hash browns, sausage patties, biscuits and gravy, and French toast. He would love to have ordered bacon too, but there was already so much food that he figured ordering bacon would be too much. After finishing his meal, he decided that he would go pay for a shower. The meal helped him to feel, feel a bit better, but he figured that a hot shower would only make things even better. He made his way up to the front of the truck stop, scanned his loyalty card, and was given his receipt with the number of the shower he was assigned to. He only had to wait about 10 minutes before his shower was available. 
and as soon as he heard a shower number announced, he made his way over there. As the hot water washed all over him, he just stood there, his eyes closed, and tried to let the water wash all his worries and stresses away. Hot showers were, were probably one of his favorite ways to try to de-stress. He definitely felt that they were one of the most effective ways he could de-stress. Even if he didn't go through all the motions as far as the shampoo, conditioner, body wash, etc., he always felt he could literally stand under the hot water. Just by doing that, he would feel the stress melt away. When he got back to the truck, he saw that he had received a message back from Robert. Hey, Michael, good to hear from you. Sorry to hear about your truck. Unfortunately, your truck is not covered by any sort of warranty, so there isn't much we can do. What we can offer you, though, is if you want to turn your truck in and get a new one, we can arrange for a tow truck to come pick you up and bring you back up here to Indianapolis, and you can get into a new contract with a new truck up here. Michael sighed. He thought about it for, for a little bit and then replied, Hey, Robert, I'm not going to lie. I really love my truck. However, it seems like I really don't have too much to work with as far as options goes. Please go ahead and arrange it. I'll wait to hear back from you. 15 minutes later, a new message came through. Very good, Michael. I've got it all set up. A tow truck will be heading your way. They, they are coming from Tennessee and will probably it'll probably be a while before they get there. They will give you a call when they get close. I look forward to seeing you when you get up here, sir. Thank you, Robert. I really appreciate it. If it, if it wasn't for you, I'd be stuck here. Another message came through. No problem at all, Michael. I'm glad you reached out and I'm glad that I was able to help. The next day, Michael had just been hanging out at the truck stop and he received a text message. Hey, Michael, my name is Brett. I'm the tow truck driver um, they, they sent down to pick you up. I'm about three hours away. Message me back and let me know where to find you and I'll see you in a few hours. Hey, Brett, Michael replied. I'm in the back of the parking lot. I'll be hanging up the truck stop. So message me when you're when you're about to get here and I'll meet you. Okay, sounds good, Michael. Thank you for the quick reply. Earlier that day, Interstate had sent another truck to grab the loaded trailer that Michael was attached to. Michael found it funny because the other driver brought an empty trailer with him. The other driver basically swapped his load for the, or his empty for the loaded trailer that Michael had, even though there was no way that Michael was going to be able to bring that empty trailer with him. A few hours later, Brett was arriving and Michael's phone was going off. Hey, Michael, it's Brett. I just pulled in. Hey, Brett. I'm right out front. I'll be watching for you. All right, cool. I'll see you in a few. Michael walked out the front of the truck stop and watched as the tow truck with flashing orange lights pulled up. The driver got out and walked up to Michael. Hey, bro, you must be Michael. They shook hands. Hey, man. Yep, you must be Brett. Yes, sir. So where are, we, where are you parked? I'm right back here. Follow me, Michael said as he started walking towards his truck. Brett went back to his tow truck and followed in the direction that Michael was walking. Michael got to his truck and motioned to Brett. Brett pulled his, his tow truck around and backed it up to, the, to Michael's truck. He got out and started to hook everything up to the front of the truck. After everything was hooked up, he pulled the lever and the front of Michael's truck lifted off the ground. Brett came back to Michael and shook his hand again. So here's what I was thinking, Brett said. I'm currently out of hours. So what I was thinking was I'd pull us around the front of the lot where there isn't anyone parked and we could park there for the night. You could sleep in your truck and I'll, I'll sleep in mine. Then in the morning we'll take off. I won't have enough hours to go all the way to Indianapolis, so my thought was that we'll head all the way to Nashville to our tow yard, and you can go home for the night. Then the next morning, you can unload all your stuff from the truck, and we'll continue to Indianapolis. What do you think? That sounds good, man. All right. Hop in the passenger side. Let's get parked, Brett said. The next morning, they grabbed some breakfast and headed out. It was quite a long drive from the truck stop that they were at in Florida to the tow yard in Nashville. They made a couple of stops along the way. 
a few few of the stops were just for them to stretch their legs and walk around for a bit. But the other stops were so they could grab something to eat. Thankfully, the traffic on the way up wasn't too bad, so they didn't make or didn't have too many issues as far as delays go. As the gate opened and they pulled into the tow yard, Brett pulled off to the side of the yard and parked the truck. All right, man, are you going to need a ride home? Nah, man, I appreciate it. I'll just arrange for an Uber to come pick me up. What time do you want me back here tomorrow morning? Well, let's see. Um, it's 7 p.m. right now. Let's say 8 tomorrow morning. That should give you some time to get home and have have some time with the fam and uh, <clears throat> to come, you know, to get some sleep and to get back up here in the morning. Yep, sounds good, man. I'll see you in the morning, Michael said. The next morning, they headed out the tow truck with Michael's truck in tow. Michael and his wife had emptied all his stuff out of his truck into their car, and his, his wife had headed home before Michael and Brett headed out. When they got to the company that, they, that he leased the truck through, Brett dropped Michael off at the front entrance and then left to go drop the truck off at the back lot where all the trucks were parked. Michael checked in with Robert as soon as he came inside. Michael, good to see you, sir. I hope your journey was a pleasant one. Hey, Robert. Yeah, I was okay. Uh, I really wish I wasn't having to switch trucks, but it's better than having to be stuck down there in Florida. Thank you again, sir. No problem, Michael. I'm just glad we were able to help. Michael went through all the orientation process. Went out to the truck lot where all the trucks that were ready to be leased were parked and found a truck that he liked. Writing down the information about the truck, he made his way back inside to tell Robert which one he wanted to lease. After filling out all the paperwork, he picked up his keys and headed out to go get his truck. After stopping at the fuel pump to fill his truck with up his truck up with diesel, he headed out to head back to Nashville. When he got back to Nashville to the interstate hub, he was out of commission for about 24 hours as the company had to install the computer in the truck and get the decals installed on the side of the truck. Once that was all ready to go, Michelle sent Michael a message. Hey, Michael, it's Michelle. Your truck is all ready to go. I'll get, get a load assigned to you first thing tomorrow morning, and you're good to go. Sounds good, Michelle. Thank you. The next morning, Michael rolled into the Starbucks distribution ter terminal in Lebanon, Tennessee. He was picking up a load of coffee that was heading up to Carlisle, PA. He was really happy to be finally rolling again, even though he was sad to have lost his uh, previous truck. He was happy that he was in a new truck and was back to work again. At least he was making money again. As he pulled across the PA state line, he thought, I haven't seen Christine in a while. I should give her a shout. <clears throat> hey, Christina, he, said, he texted. I hope you're well. I don't know if you're free, but I'm coming into PA right now. I'll be in Carlisle for about five hours, and then we'll be parked till tomorrow morning. I'd love to get, get together with you if you're free. Let me know. About an hour later, Michael's phone went off. Hey, Michael, holy crap, it's been so long. How long have you, or have you been? Hell yeah, I'd like to see you. Uh, let me know when you get parked, and I'll head over there and pick you up. I can't wait. Sounds good, Christina. See you soon. Michael pulled into the truck stop and sent Christina a message. Awesome, awesome. Be right there, Christina said. She took him to a bar and grill that was pretty much or pretty popular in that area. As they walked in, Michael chuckled. What's so funny? Christina asked her and at him. It's just, it's been so long. It's so nice to be able to hang out with you. Yeah, no. How long has it been? Shit, I don't even know, Michael said as he laughed. It's probably been like six months. They sat at the bar and did quite a few shots and quite a few beers. After a few hours, Michael thought to himself, I really have to use the bathroom, but holy crap, I am so buzzed. He carefully got up and started walking towards the bathroom. He told himself as he walked, left foot, 
right foot, left foot, right foot. Don't trip. He successfully made his way to the bathroom and did what he had to do. Then when he exited the bathroom, he thought, shit, now I have to make my way back to the bar. Following the same routine he did to get to the bathroom, he made his way back to the bar stool. Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Don't trip, man. Don't fall on your face, told himself. When they were talking, Christina had mentioned to him that her boyfriend had cheated on her and she decided that she wanted to relocate out to the West Coast for a fresh start. But she had no idea how she, how she was going to get there. Michael told her to give him a day or two that he would stay in Carlisle to figure something out and that he would reach out to her soon. When she dropped him back off of the truck, back off of the truck after hanging out at the bar, Michael crashed pretty quick that night. In the morning, he got up and loaded up his computer and checked the load board to see what loads were available and if there were any loads heading out to the West Coast. Christina had mentioned that she was trying to get to Seattle, and after scrolling through quite a few loads, he found a load that was heading to Tacoma. He texted Christina and was like, hey, I think I might have an idea. Give me a call. She called him and was like, hey, what's up? Hear me out, Michael said. I have an idea. There's a load going to Tacoma, which is not far from Seattle. It would take two or three days to get there with my 11-hour clock, but I could give you a lift. That is if you don't mind sharing a small space with me on the way up there. Obviously, you would have your own bed since I have a bunk bed in the back. Oh, wow, that sounds good. I really need to get out there. Uh, or really need to get out of here. When do, you, when do we leave, Christina said. Tomorrow morning, meet me in the restaurant at the truck stop at 0800 with whatever luggage you're bringing. I'll grab breakfast, and then we'll get go get loaded and head out. Sounds good, Michael. Thank you. I really appreciate this. Don't even worry about it. I'm just glad I could help. The next morning, Michael just sat, sat down at the table with his plate when Christina walked into the restaurant with her luggage in tow. Hey, Christina, over here, Michael said as he waved at her. Hey, Michael, Christina said as she made her way over to him. Grab a plate and get some food. We got to get loaded and get on the road. After they ate, they headed over to the shipper and got loaded and headed out. As they made their way west, Christina and Michael chatted quite a bit about what they had both been up to. They hadn't seen each other in quite a while, so they they had quite a bit to catch up on. They had to make four overnight stops on their way to Seattle, as it was roughly 2,800 miles from where they dispatched from. When they pulled into the hub in Seattle, they dropped the loaded trailer which was being staged for a local driver to take it to another location. They picked up another loaded trailer that was headed back towards the East Coast and left the hub and headed to a local truck stop. As they backed into a truck parking space at the Flying J truck stop and Michael set the brake, he looked over at Christina. Well, we made it. Do you have any? Do you have somebody you can call? Somewhere for you to go? You're welcome to camp out in the truck one more night if you need to. Obviously, there's a spare bed for you. Thanks, Michael. I really appreciate you bringing me up here. Uh, I've got a friend headed over here. I'll grab my stuff and we'll head into the truck stop to wait for him. Michael exchanged hugs with Christina and she headed inside the truck stop to wait for a friend to pick her up. Michael got back into the truck, closed his curtains and went to sleep. The next day he grabbed breakfast and hit the road. As he made his way east, he had cranked up the air conditioning because the temperature was really high. An hour or so later, he noticed that the sky had darkened quite a bit and it actually started to snow. Snow? Really? It was just 90 degrees. What the hell? He thought to himself. As he continued down the highway, the snow, the snow began to get heavier. Michael pulled over and checked his phone. The temp had gone from 89 degrees to 34 in a matter of hours. It didn't make sense. It was the middle of spring and the 
the temperature the last month or so had not gone below 55, so how the hell could it be snowing? Michael slowly pulled into or pulled back in onto the road and made his way down the interstate. He went probably another 200 miles and then pulled off at another truck stop and parked for the night. As a professional driver, he had always been told a saying that a lot of truckers live by. If in doubt, wait it out. Usually it was meant for when drivers were trying to pull out into traffic and didn't know if they could make it out before oncoming cars got there. But it also rang true for whenever drivers were dealing with extreme weather. If you didn't feel comfortable being out in the extreme weather, pull over and park and wait it out. Wait for it to be, wait for it to clear up. When he parked at the petrol truck stop, he went inside and hit the bathroom. He went into the Iron Skillet restaurant to grab something to eat and immediately noticed that the entire place was completely empty. He didn't see a soul in sight. Hmm, that's really weird, he thought. He rang the bell. Hello? No response. He went back out in the main area of the truck stop. He looked around. Still nobody. What the hell, he thought. He got back to his truck and he noticed he had a few texts and a few missed calls from Christina on his phone. He checked his voicemail. Michael, it's Christina. I don't know what's going on, but it's blizzarding here. I, I haven't been able to reach my friend. Where are you? Where you at? I'm still at the truck stop. I can't reach anyone else. Yours is the only number I was able to get through on. Please call me. I'm really scared. Michael called her back. Hey, what's going on? Are you okay? He could tell Christina was crying. No, I'm scared. There's nobody here. There were, there were a few people when I came in to wait for my, my friend, but they're all gone. There's nobody here in the truck stop, and I can't reach my friend. Where are you? I'm like 300 miles away, probably about five hours, but maybe more because of the weather. Do you need me to come back? Please, Michael, I don't know what else to do. I'll wait for you. Okay. I have to finish my 10-hour break, but then I'll head out. I'll be there as soon as I can. Okay, please hurry, Christina said. The next morning, Michael got ready to go and went in to, gr to grab something for breakfast. Again, he walked from the truck to the building, and he noticed no sign of activity. Nobody walking around the parking lot. No trucks in the fuel lanes filling up with diesel. Then, as he entered the truck stop, it was just as dead inside as it was outside. He hit the bathroom and made his way into the restaurant. Although the restaurant was technically open, he didn't see anyone inside. There was nobody at the counter, and although he could see plates still on the tables, there were no customers at any of them. It was eerily quiet. He wasn't sure what he should do. He decided to go back to the main truck stop. He grabbed a large bag and started grabbing a bunch of random food and drink items. There was nobody to ring him up, and he felt uncomfortable just grabbing stuff, but there was just a feeling in his gut that he had better try to prepare himself as best as possible. He thought to himself, who knows how easy it will be for me to stock up on supplies. I better grab whatever I can here. He filled up. He filled his bag up with random snacks like candy bars, protein bars, and chips. Then grabbed a few more bags, filled them up with microwavables like ramen noodles and soups. He was thankful he had an APU on his truck, which is basically a large generator that allowed him to have power to the truck without having to keep his truck running. He also had a microwave and a fridge. So most of the time, when he would leave home and head back on the road, he always did a really good job making sure he was pretty well stocked up. If he ever needed to get supplies while he was out on the road, usually he would find a Walmart that was big enough for him to park his tractor trailer and he would park and grab whatever he needed. Sometimes he would even park for the night in their parking lot. He didn't like doing that because it always made him feel a bit uneasy. He just always felt safer being parked at an actual truck stop. Filling the fourth bag up with some bread and grabbing a bunch of water, he made his way back to the truck. 
As he walked back to the truck, he got shivers down his spine. There was absolutely nobody in sight. This truck stop was pretty huge, and the only sound he could hear were trucks idling. He got back to his truck and put all his supplies away that he had grabbed. Then he did his 15-minute pre-trip inspection, checked all his fluids, pulled out of the truck stop, and got back on the interstate, heading back in the direction of Tacoma. He sent Christina a quick text. Hey, I just left the truck stop, and I'm on the road. GPS says I'm about 300 miles away, but says the current speed I'm going due to visibility that it'll take about seven hours to get there. But I'm on my way. Just hang tight. Be safe. Okay, thanks for letting me know. Uh, there's still nobody anywhere near me. I went I went to go outside and walk around, but then I heard a high-pitched scream somewhere nearby. So I went back inside, and I paid for a shower, and I've sort of barricaded myself in one of their shower rooms. Good idea. I don't know what's going on, but definitely better to be safe. When I get there, I'll come find you. Thank you so much. I'm so scared. It'll be okay, Christina, Michael said. As he continued down the interstate, the blizzard had gotten to be really intense. Visibility was really bad. He could barely see 30 feet in front of him. A few hours later, he passed a sign that said Tacoma, 120 miles. Hell yeah, shouldn't be too long now. Maybe two or three more hours, he said. He had pushed the speed up to around 50. He figured he could see the road in front of him for at least a little ways, and he hadn't seen one other vehicle on the road, so he figured he was probably fairly safe to move at a little higher speed. Normally in weather like this, there would usually be other cars out traveling the highway, so everyone had to keep their speed down and watch for other drivers. He finally was pulling into the truck stop and pulled into the fuel lane closest to the building. He made, he made sure he had his spare key on him and locked the truck up so he could leave it running with the heat on. Coming back into the truck stop again, he noticed, just like at the Petra the night before, he didn't see anyone else anywhere in the truck stop. Hey, I'm here. Uh, I'm back where the shower rooms are. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. I'll be right there. Be right out, Christina replied. Michael waited near the entrance to the hallway where the showers were. Christina came around the corner and gave him a hug. Hey, so glad to see you again. How was the drive? Well, let's get back to the truck first. I don't feel comfortable hanging out in public for too long right now. It just feels very off, and I think it's safer out in the truck. Yeah, you're right. Let's go, Christina said. Back at the truck, he unlocked the door and grabbed his fuel card. He looked over at Christina. Why don't you go get your stuff loaded back up? The top bunk is exactly how you left it. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but I've noticed that my fuel card still works. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to go ahead and make sure we have full tanks as much as possible. That's a good idea, Christina said. They got the truck filled up with diesel and def and filled up a couple more bags of snacks and drinks. Christina looked at Michael as he came out with a couple more bags of filled to the brim with additional food and beverage items. You're not playing around, huh? Think we got think we need so much stuff? Hey, I'm just trying to be thorough. You just never know. One of my favorite sayings is it's better to have too much versus not having enough. That's that's definitely a good saying, Christina said. They pulled out of the truck stop and got back on the interstate. As they made their way down the road, Christina started scanning through the radio trying to find a station that might be talking about what was going on. They must have gone through dozens of stations and all they had come across was static. Christina looked over at Michael. Have you heard from anyone or heard anything at all? Nope. When I was making my way back here to pick you up again, I tried to scroll through the radio as well and all I got was static. What about any uh, phone calls, Christina said. Nope, nothing. I tried to call a few people, but all I got was a message saying the number could not be completed as dialed. How do we get through to each other? Christina asked. I have no idea, Michael said. Your number was the only one that went through. Also, you're the only one that I got a message from. 
Hold on, let me check something. Christina says she pulled up, pulled out her phone. Shit, what is it? Michael said as he glanced over at her from the driver's seat. I just tried to go online to see if I could find any articles or hell, even Facebook, but it says I don't have any data. That's weird, Michael said. Yeah, I really wonder what's going on. When was the last time you saw anyone else? Oh, uh, Michael said. <clears throat> it was probably when we first got to Tacoma to drop you off. I think we saw a few people then, but after that, after I left, the blizzard started, and I haven't seen a single person. What about you? Well, Christina said, I saw a few people when I uh, came into the truck stop to wait for my friend, but when I came out of the bathroom, everyone was gone. I didn't think anything of it, but then I tried to get in touch with my friend, and just like your phone calls, I got the message saying the number I dialed cannot be completed. And you never saw him, Michael asked? Nope, I never saw anyone. After a while, I just assumed he wasn't coming, and that's when I called you. I'm glad you did, otherwise I'd just be heading east all alone and unsure what to do next, Michael said. They continued rolling down the interstate. Christina kept scanning through the radio, and they passed the station that they thought they heard somebody say something. She backed up to the station, and a loud, booming voice came through the airwaves. Attention, attention, attention. If you are hearing this, make your way to the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. People all over the country have disappeared. All about a dozen states are experiencing blizzard conditions. People that are, have gone looking for other people will have themselves gone missing. People that heard what sounded like somebody needing help have themselves gone missing. So I repeat, do not be a hero. Just keep moving. Just be safe. Wow. Holy crap, Christina said. Just, uh, wow. Yeah, uh, Michael said. Michael pulled out his phone and noticed he had a text from his buddy Dave on the East Coast. He dialed Dave's number, and to his surprise, Dave picked up. Yo, Dave said. Holy shit, man. What's going on? I'm surprised I was able to get through to you. What's going on, Michael? Where you at? I'm out here on the West Coast. I'm on my way to way out of Seattle. I have I have Christina with me. No shit. How's she doing? I haven't talked to Christina since we all worked at that one company. Oh, I know, man, Michael said. What are you doing with her, man? Oh, she wanted a fresh start. Figured she would move out to Seattle with a friend and need a lift. So I booked a loadout that way, and, I, and she tagged along. After I dropped her off, it took off, headed east again. She The blizzard started. And she got in touch with me and told me she was never able to get in touch with her friend. And so I turned around and came back to get her. Holy shit, man. Sounds like y'all have been through a lot. So you're dealing with the blizzard out there too, huh? Dave said. Yeah. Um, any idea what's going on? What the? What's with the lack of people? We came across the station earlier that was basically broadcasting a lot of messages that we keep moving. Don't be a hero. And it mentioned something about the Capitol building. What the hell, man? Yeah, man. Make your way up here. Uh, there's, there's maybe a few hundred people here. Not sure how many are left in the country. Uh, sounds like a majority of people in all the states with the blizzard are just gone. No idea where they went. We've, we've heard a little bit since we got here. What have you heard, man? Michael said. They have a handful of army soldiers here. They reported the other day that they received a report that only people that are out in the blizzard for too long have gone missing without trace. Seems that people that didn't go missing would go out looking for those people and they themselves would go missing. They said that it seems to be how a lot of people have gone missing. They said that is why the radio is broadcasting to keep moving and don't be a hero. How far how far do you think you guys are from here, Dave said? Probably like three days. Gotta keep within those fun hours of service. Oh, I know, man. Although with uh, what's going on, I almost wonder if, if anything would happen to you if you just drove and didn't worry about it. Yeah, Dave, I thought, I thought that too, but for now I'm sticking to how I normally do things. Doing my 11 hours of drive time and then parking for 10 hours to get my hours back. Plus, you know how it is. I don't want to drive overly tired, so I'm just 
slowly making my way east. This storm is pretty intense, so I'm probably averaging 50 miles per hour. Oh, I hear you, Dave said. You know that Roger and his wife Maggie are here, right? What? Yeah, man. Roger went to uh, went out to Southern California with his ram, and then he hit the blizzard on his way back. He had a lot of crazy shit happen on his way back east. He even lost his truck. What? No freaking way. Are you serious, Michael said? Yeah, man. For some reason, the only person he was able... To... For some reason, the only person he was able to get in contact with was for a while was me. When I managed to get through to his wife... Through to... Then he managed to get through to his wife Maggie's voicemail, and when he made it here, Maggie had gotten his message. She actually made her way here to the Capitol building too. No shit, that's awesome. I'm glad y'all. I'm glad y'all made it there safe. It'll take me a while to get there, but I'll get Christina and I there too. I just hope we don't run into any issues on the road, Michael said. Definitely, you two be safe out there. Uh, call me whenever you get the signal again, so I can find out how close you are. If I learn anything else about the current situation, I'll let you know. Dave said. Okay, man. Talk to you soon, Michael said as he disconnected the call. Halfway across Nebraska, the snow had gotten so intense that they could barely see the, the front of the truck. Holy shit, Michael said. I don't want to get, I don't want to stop, but I, I think we should pull off for a bit and see if this clears up. Maybe see if we can grab some more supplies. What do you think? Yeah, sounds like a good idea, Mike, or Christina said. They pulled into a Love's truck stop and pulled into the fuel island. Michael got out and topped off the fuel. Then he backed into a truck park, backed into a trucking space. Did you see any sign of life out there when you were fueling? Nope, nothing. I'm just glad that the fuel card still works. It will make getting into the Capitol building and meeting up with Dave and Roger a lot easier. Oh yeah, you're right, Christina said. Hey, when when you're when you're out fueling, I got a signal on my phone and I was able to load one of the news websites. Oh yeah, what'd you find out? The site said that what's left of the government has been making really good progress. They said the best thing we could do is to get to a safe location, Christina said as she adjusted the radio. Oh shit, do you hear that? Suddenly they started hearing voice, hearing a voice come over the radio waves. Attention, attention, attention. If you're hearing this, make your way to the Capitol building in DC. Do, do not try to be a hero. Do not try to help anyone. We've heard many reports of people going to try to search for or help people and themselves disappearing. We repeat, do not go searching for anyone and do not try to go helping. From what we have heard, everyone that has tried to go help someone has gone missing as well. Holy shit, Michael said. I know, right? Christina said. So I guess we should just keep keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, Christina replied. I think we should only get off the highway if, if we have to fuel or find more food or supplies. But otherwise, I think we should just keep moving. I have a bad feeling that if we stop and linger anywhere for too long that we may run into trouble. Michael gripped the steering wheel tightly as they rolled down the interstate. Do you think we could disappear? Christina looked over at him for a second before she responded. Yeah, based on what we're what we've been hearing, I think that we just might I think our best option for us is for us to keep moving and make it to the Capitol building. As much as I want to help anyone else that is out here, I don't want to die. Michael sighed. Yeah, me either. So I guess we'll just keep moving no matter what we hear or see. Christina sighed. Yeah, I want to help people as much as you do, but from what it sounds like, if we stop and try to help people, we might go missing too. I think we should just keep moving. Okay, Christina, can't help but think that you're right. Okay, listen, for now, our tank's completely full and we have quite a bit of food and water stocked up. I think we'll be okay, at least for the next few states. Let's try to not think about it too much. A few hundred miles later, they were running low on fuel and decided to pull off the highway again. They pulled into a pilot truck stop, and like all the previous times, there was... There were no other signs 
no other trucks at the pump. And they pulled up and Michael got out of the truck. He looked over at Christina and was like, here goes. He swiped his fuel card at the pump and it authorized, authorized the transaction. He topped off their fuel and def, and when it was all completed, he opened up the driver's side door and looked up at Christina. Hey, I was thinking. Mate, we should grab a bit more food and water, and maybe it would be a good idea to grab a shower while we're here. That sounds like a good idea. Can you send me the barcode from your pilot card so I can get a shower without paying cash for it? said, of course, it's on its way. Michael said as he tapped to select a few options on his phone. Thank you, Christina said. After they had showered and stocked up on supplies, they found an open parking space and backed into it and parked for the night. When they got back to the truck, Christina looked at Michael. What's up? Michael said. Would it be okay if I checked the radio stations again? Sure. You know what they say. Mi casa es su casa. I never took Spanish, Christina said as she laughed. I didn't either. I'm pretty sure it means my house is your house. Oh, okay. Christina replied. But you know this isn't a house, right? Michael laughed. Well, it may not be a house, but it's definitely a home away from home. Okay, I'll give you that, Christina said. Finally, they crossed the border into Washington, D.C. Only a few hundred miles to go, Michael said. I'm so glad, Christina said. I'm glad you called me when you couldn't reach your friend. I, I would hate to think about either of us being out there completely alone, Michael said. Oh, I know. I'm glad, too. I just hope my friend is okay. After not hearing from him, I, I now worry that he was one of the people that disappeared. Well, Christina, I would love to tell you that things will be okay, but honestly, I think it's highly likely that he probably was. I wish that weren't the case, but from what we're hearing, I don't think that it can be avoided. Oh, look. What? Christina said. I think that's the Capitol building up there. Seriously? I can't believe we made it. Michael laughed. Oh, me either. Michael parked his truck, and they both got out. Michael knocked on the door, and as the door opened, and a mili military soldier stood before him. Michael swallowed. Good afternoon, ma'am. My name is Michael. I was told that uh, anyone still around should make their way to the Capitol building and that there were survivors here. Michael motioned to Christina. This is my friend Christina. Good afternoon, ma'am. Nice to meet you, Christina said. Good day to you both. I am Staff Sergeant Martinez with the United States Army. Please come in. As Michael and Christina entered the building, they heard, Bro! They turned around and saw Dave running up to them. Holy shit, Dave. Good to see you, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm glad y'all made it. Hey, Christina. So good to see you. How was your trip? Can I get a hug? It's been so long. Christina chuckled, pulled Dave in for a hug. Of course. Good to see you, Dave. I didn't think we'd ever see each other again since you left the trucking company that Michael and I were working for. I know, right? Dave said. I would have stayed, but when I was with the same companies as y'all, I was loving those tractor supply loads. It was an easy way for me to make $300 a day and still come home every night. When the company did away with those and gave them to company drivers, I was like, yeah, well, fuck that. I hear you, Christina said. Sergeant Martinez said, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think someone else is happy to see you. Michael looked behind him again and realized that Roger was running up to them. Holy shit, Roger, man, how you been? Roger gave both Michael and Christina a hug. I've been good, man. I'm glad y'all made it here safely. I wasn't sure if I would see too many familiar faces, but I'm glad I ran into you guys. Sergeant Martinez announced over the intercom that anyone should that everyone should report to the common area for an announcement. Michael took Christina's hand. Shall we? Yes, we shall, Christina replied. Roger took Maggie's hand. What do you think, love? I think we need to get as much information as we can. Get as much info as we can. Lead the way, babe, Mike, Maggie said. Dave followed behind the two couples. Thank you all for coming, Sergeant Martinez announced. 
We still don't have much information. We have contact with a few military personnel that are high up in the chain. And as soon as we get any updates, we will let y'all know. For now, keep doing what you're doing. Here, you are all safe. Here, you all don't have to worry. I have a dozen or so other military personnel that are guarding all the entrances and of the Capitol building, and nothing will get in unless we let it in. Michael squeezed Christina's hand. You okay? Yeah, I'm good, Christina replied. Okay, good. You just look a little worried, Michael said. I'm not worried, Michael, Christina said. It's just that it feels like our whole lives have just been upended. I wish I could go home, but I feel like that isn't possible. Michael sighed. Christina, if you want to go home, you know I'd load you up and your stuff in the truck and take you home. Yeah, no, Michael. The thing is, I don't even know if there is anyone at home. Well, why don't you try to call? That's a good idea, Christina said. She pulled her phone out. Michael tried to look like he was not paying very close attention as he heard the beeping on the other end of Christina's call. She frowned. Michael looked up at her. What's going on? Call could not be completed as dialed. Not gonna lie, I'm kind of fearing the worst. I hear you, Michael replied. I guess we'll just have to keep doing what we're doing. Michael, Christina, David, Roger, and Margaret started meeting up daily, talking about the latest information that they heard about what was going on in the country. Roger had his computer with him and had started to write a book about what was going on. He didn't know if anyone would have the chance to read it, but figured he wanted to write, write about what, was, what they had all been through and about what was still going on. It had been a long, hard, scary, and complicated road for all of them, but finally all the friends were reunited at last. They had decided, based on all the radio broadcasts, as well as what the sergeant had said, that it was best if they just stayed put and kept each other safe where they were currently at. It wouldn't make sense for them to leave and try to not only figure out if there were any other people out there, it made more sense for them to do what they were, what they were doing, to stick together and keep each other safe. From here on out, they would make sure that they stuck together. As long as they stayed together, they would be safe. As long as they stuck together, they could watch each other's backs. No matter what was happening else, everywhere else, they could make sure that the people they were with would not disappear. As the weeks and months went by, they continued to stand by each other and keep each other safe. They continued to make sure that that they were all safe. Eventually, they received word that the government had succeeded in fighting off the paranormal entities that had caused the whole issues across the entire country. Now it was time to rebuild. Now it was time to get their lives back. It was going to be a slow process, but they were determined to do it. The majority of the country had disappeared, and quite sadly, they never showed back up. But now that things had been taken care of, the people that remained could work on building their lives back up, and in the process, rebuilding the country back up. Things would never be the same. They would try to get back to any kind of resemblance of the lives that they had previously had, but despite all their efforts, they would never get there. All they could do was keep supporting each other. All they could do was keep believing that things would eventually, someday, be okay. All they could do was keep moving forward. The end. Welcome back, guys. Uh, once again, I appreciate you guys tuning in with me on this week's Storytime Friday, um, part two of Snowpocalypse. Um, to give you guys a little heads up, next week, what I'm going to do, I'm going to read both part one and part two together. 
So it's going to be a longer episode. You're going to be able to be able to hear basically the entire part one and part two together, the whole story. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. So it's going to be, because I've honestly, after reading through these, reading through this uh, week's story that I wrote, um, when I got to the end, I was like, all right, cool. But, you, know, you know, I kind of, as I wrote it, I know, I was like, all right, I feel like I did a pretty good job. And then reading it, I'm like, all right, cool. Actually, they came to a pretty good close. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Obviously, um, and I do have a few updates for you, too. Uh, finally got the website up. Uh, took me a little bit to figure out how to do it because some of these online, you know, options for doing a uh, website. It's drag and drop, and it was supposed to be really easy and whatever. And I did a website back in high school where I literally used HTML, was coding it and stuff. It took me a while to do because I was not a coding expert, but I managed to figure it out. But doing the drag and drop, at, at first it felt harder. But then once I started, okay, cool, that's how that's how you do it. That's how you do this. Like, okay, cool. All right. Started to actually get some pages together and stuff. So literally, if you guys want to go check that out, because you can literally, there's, instead of me having a list, um, like the links or the email address and stuff on the on these shows, literally, I can direct you guys to the website. So if you guys want to check it out, literally, it is logitshow.com. And uh, there's a... There's a uh, links on, the, on the, the main page that have uh, three main platforms that I am um, that the podcast is listed on such as iHeartRadio, Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts and there's also a link for it that says contact which basically that's to send me an email you know if you have any any questions, any feedback about any of the stories or if you, if you have any um, any topics for any of the real talk Tuesdays you want me to cover definitely hit that contact button and send me an email um, it's basically blogitshowpodcast at dbill.com uh, if you do the drop down menu there's a couple other links there's a promotions tab which has a couple of, uh, couple of random things that I'm promoting that for ways to basically people can sign up for to, through my bank through Sophie where you can sign up and you fund your, you sign up for a free checking and savings account, and you fund your account with ten bucks, and you get twenty five dollars free. And there's a link for the same bank, Sophie Bank, but it's their investment part, where you basically sign up for an investment account with Sophie, and you fund your account with ten bucks, and you get twenty five dollars free. And if on either of those, the, the checking and savings or the investments, if you sign up for either one, or if you not only sign up and get the welcome bonus when you sign up, but then you let's say you send your you share your link with somebody else and they sign up and do their do the same thing. Pay they pay their they fund it with with ten bucks under their account. They get twenty five. You get seventy five. Either into your checking or into your investments, depending on which link you do. I'm gonna be putting up a few other. Gonna be you know putting up a couple other promotional links on that page but obviously it's still work in progress but for now the actual site is up so so check it out and stuff easy way for for some uh you know to make a make a little bit of money there you know and then make a little bit more money if you refer somebody but also if anybody wants to support the show uh you can do so for as little as one dollar per month if you go to blogshow.com slash support 
It's also in the, <clears throat> the drop-down menu on the website. If you go check it out, uh, you can click support. It'll it'll take you there, and the page it loads. You have basically it's like the, the main part of the page is the link, but you have to literally you'll notice you can click anywhere on the page, and it'll take you to where you can you can uh, you know support the show. There's either the the monthly, which is like I said, the, as low as one dollar per month, um, or there's one-time donations. They're like basically the tip side that tells you where you can basically put in any you can select any of the custom amounts or you can put your put in your own and basically or i'm sorry not not the custom amounts but the ones that are already listed and there's a custom amount that you can put in instead of doing the 5 10 or 15 or 50 or whatever is listed you can put whatever number in the blank box and support that way just do like a one-time donation anything's appreciated i thank you in advance um but on that note, I uh, really appreciate everyone being here. And then one other thing about the anybody that supports is that I am working on putting things together so that, you know, little um, thank you gifts, kind of, that people that support the show will get eventually. Um, not quite there yet, but for now, the support side is up. So if anybody wants to support, go to blogishow.com slash support, and eventually I will be adding you know stuff on their either stickers or merch or something you know it's a work in progress like i said guys you know still new still working to, to always make things better and, and uh, continue to be out here for you guys and stuff so but on that note i really appreciate y'all being here i thank you for joining me all these fridays for these storytime fridays and i hope you continue to um to uh, join me each week not only for Real Talk Tuesdays, but Storytime Fridays on the fall, you know, as we come up on it again. I'm going to keep getting these stories knocked out on uh, my days off when I'm not, <laughs> not out there in the truck, you know, doing the double grind, you know. But um, if you found value in any of my episodes or you enjoyed what you heard, uh, if you like my stories, feel free to to hit that follow button so you're notified of whenever I do a new episode and also feel free to to, uh, share the podcast with your friends but anyway I really appreciate y'all and um, I will see you guys again on episode 66 which will be the next edition of Real Talk Tuesday on that note guys guys keep uh, pushing forward keep believing you know what i always say you know gotta, gotta throw these all these quotes out there with you that i always do every week believe you can believe you will and you're already halfway there and then you just have to go out there and do it and um you know don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something you know just go out there and do it you know set your mind to it make a plan and make it happen so anyway guys on that note i appreciate you and i will talk to you on the next episode, which will be Real Talk Tuesday. Have a good one.